Hi, this is Pastor Curtis Crawford welcoming you to our podcast. At Revive Outreach Church, we're striving to revive an awareness of Christ in our communities through Christ-centered compassion, service, and evangelism. You can learn more about us online at www.reviveoc.org or on Facebook at facebook.com slash church. We hope that you enjoy this message, and God bless. James chapter 2, beginning with verse 1. My brethren, do not hold the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, Lord of glory, with partiality. For if there should come into your assembly a man with gold rings and fine apparel, and there should also come in a poor man in filthy clothes, and you pay attention to the one wearing the fine clothes and say to him, You sit here in a good place, and say to the poor man, You stand there, or you sit here at my footstool. Have you not shown partiality among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? You may be seated. All right, so here in chapter 2, beginning with verse 1, uh, 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 James is talking about showing partiality. So let's look together first at verse 1. He says, My brethren, do not hold the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ. That faith word faith there means the whole Christian faith. Your, your serving of others, your loving of God, your whole Christian faith and everything that it tells. Do not do so with partiality. He says that the Lord of glory, referring to the Lord Jesus Christ. Now remember, what this means is, is that Jesus is the reflection of God's glory on earth. Amen. Okay? So he's showing and demonstrating to the world who God the Father is. He says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Right? Mm-hmm. So he's demonstrating to the, world who the, to the world who the Father is. Now, God does, uh, does not show partiality. And Jesus did not show partiality while he was on earth. Mm-hmm. In fact, uh, we can see in the lineage of Jesus himself that God did not dare to distinguish between those who the world would condemn and those who the world would accept, but they're in the lineage of Christ. Rahab was a prostitute. She ran her own little prostitution uh, ring in the city of Jericho. Yet, do you know what? She's in the lineage of Jesus Christ. David, who was a murderer, and an adulterer, and did some bad things in his life. He's in the lineage of Jesus Christ. There are poor and there are rich. They're successful and there are those who the world would deem unsuccessful. There are the sinners and there are the world will consider the saints, right? They're all in the lineage of Jesus Christ, which tells us that God will use anyone who's willing to be used regardless of what the world thinks about them. So God can use the most vile person that you can think of right now. God can save them, change them, use them in the name of Jesus. Despite what I think, despite what I see, despite what my uh, 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 perception is, what my thoughts are on the person or the situation, God can change and save, deliver, and call. Amen. Immediately, he can do those things. We know this because there was a man crazy in the Bible who ran around the tombs. Him and his buddy, they say, ran around the tombs and they were a menace to the town around them. 
They lived in the cemetery, and they tried to capture these men on multiple occasions, but they couldn't bind them with, with rather regular shackles, because every time they did, they broke those shackles. They were condemned, and they were looked down upon. The Bible says, though, when Jesus stepped ashore, they ran to him, and they said, Jesus, don't torment us before our time, because they were filled with evil spirits. The world looked down upon them. The world looked at them as they were, they were scourged. They looked at these men like they were evil, evil men. But when they had one encounter with Christ, the Bible says that the next time they saw them, that they were in their right mind, they were clothed, they were shaven, they were clean, and they were right there sitting at the feet of Jesus. Amen. The world would have deemed them lost causes. But Christ doesn't see lost causes. He sees future and hope. Yes, And so you and I are not to hold our faith with partiality, determine who God can forgive and who God cannot forgive. Amen. Even the most evil, vile person, God can forgive, deliver, and use. Amen. And it's not our job to decide who that is or is not. Amen. Look at the example of our Lord Jesus Christ. He touched the leper. He touched the dead. Mm -hmm. Things that Jews would never have done. Mm -hmm. Not intentionally. They would be unclean. Mm -hmm. He raised the dead. He killed the leper. He cleansed those who were sick that the world deemed as outcasts. Beggars, homeless, the poor, those who didn't smell so good, those who didn't look so good, those whom the world rejected. He made a point to come to them. The Samaritan woman, as she stood by the well, the world ostracized her. Uh, the town ostracized her. They thought that she was gross and evil and she was a stain because she had had five different men. And she was living with a man who wasn't her husband at that moment in time. But Jesus made a point to find her. He made a point to Jews would go around Samaria because Samaria was unclean. Jesus made a point to go through Samaria because there was a woman there at the well who needed him. Amen. He went through Samaria and he went to a well and he sat there and waited for her and then asked her for a drink, something that a Jew would never ask a Samaritan to do because Jews hated Samaritans. In the eyes of the Jews, in the eyes of Jesus' disciples, they would have thought that she was unclean, evil, not worthy of the master's time, let alone his forgiveness. And to reveal to him, or to her, that he was the Messiah. But he chose her, not the wealthy in the city. He didn't go to the wealthy. He didn't go to the clean. He didn't go to who the world thought he should have went to. He went to the outcast. Right. He said, it is not the clean or the healthy that need a doctor. It's the sick right. that need a doctor. 
and he lived his life that way. So you and I do not have a right to live our lives contrary to the way that Jesus Christ lived his life. If our faith is not getting us dirty, we need to check ourselves. Amen. Yes. Our faith should get us dirty. Amen. What I mean by that is, is it should get us down at the level of people that the world rejects. Yes. Amen. Let us get down with the homeless person. Let us get down with the widow and the orphan, the one who the world has rejected, and let's get our hands dirty for the kingdom. Amen. For there should come in your assembly a man with gold rings and fine apparel, and there should also come in a poor man in filthy clothes. And you have paid attention to the one wearing the fine clothes and say to him, you sit here in a good place. You say to the poor man, you stand there or sit here at my footstool. Now this was happening in the audience that James is writing to, this is happening. What's happening is, is that the wealthy would come into their services, the church services, their early Christian meetings. And the Bible said, if they come in with rings, what the wealthy would do is gold rings were a sign of status. It was a status symbol, much like someone's Mercedes or Infinity or Lexus might be today, or Land Rover, right, that they drive. It was a status symbol. And if you couldn't afford to buy those rings, you could, there were places that would rent them to you. <laughs> you could rent those gold rings. And they would put four rings, one on every finger except the middle finger. So they would put four rings on their hands. And that was to show how prestigious they were. On top of their four gold rings that would have caught every, caused everyone to go, wow, look at that. They must be wealthy. <laughs> they wore the finest apparel. They wore the finest apparel, and the Bible says that they would pay attention to them. Meaning they would look up to, look upon. When they walked in, everyone stopped and thought, wow, look at that Armani suit. And that boy, he is matching to the teeth. He is handsome, right? He's got it all together. He's got his jewelry, his blade. He must be someone of value. Now, in the synagogues at this time, and then in the places that they met, there was very little seating. Many people sat on the floor. The places where there was seating would be along the outside walls and then a few seats up in front. The rich and the prestigious got to sit on benches. So those who had a name within the church would have got to sit on a bench. Everyone else were common folks, and guess where they sat? On the floor. So what he's saying here, and what was happening in this church is, is that the wealthy were coming in, and they would say to the poor man who, they saw, you need to sit at my feet. The religious leader would say, well, even in the church, even the, 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 the church would say, you can sit at my feet. Hey, brother, with the four gold rings, why don't you come sit next to me? You'd be my buddy. And make the poor man move. They were deciding whom God valued in the kingdom. Mm -hmm. 
And God does not value one person over another. Amen. We have different purposes, but we all have the same value. Amen. Never let anyone convince you that someone that is on the stage is more valuable than you are. Or someone that has a 15,000 or 100,000 member church is more valuable than you are. Or teaches 50 children instead of three or four children is more valuable than you are. Value is the same in God's eyes for every single person. Yes. Our purposes are different though. Yes. We have different purposes. Mm -hmm. And God uses us where we're at. But this church had mistaken value and purpose. They had swapped them so that if you if you were seen to have purpose and a lot of money and wealthy, you deserved God's teaching more so than the poor person. Now here's the interesting part about this is that these rich people that they were elevating in their services were actually persecuting them. Look at this. Listen, my beloved brethren, has God not chosen the poor of this world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom, which he promised to those who love him? But you have decided the poor man. Do not the rich oppress you and drag you into the courts? Do they not blaspheme that noble name by which you are called? You know what this tells us? These were Pharisees. These were the religious Jews that were wealthy in the region. They were coming to these church services and they were not coming to learn. They were coming to flaunt. Mm -hmm. They weren't there like the poor, the, war, the orphan, or the widow to learn and set and be taught and learn about the gospel of Jesus Christ and to get as much as they could out of the teacher who was teaching. Uh, they were there to be seen. Yeah. And they not only were there to be seen, but they were persecuting the brethren in the church that were giving them the good seats. And they were blaspheming the name of Jesus Christ, saying that he wasn't the Son of God, that he wasn't the Messiah. Yet they were allowing these people in their churches because they were dressed the right way. You say, oh, that's just absurd. That's crazy. That, that, we would never let that happen. We do it all the time with politicians. Mm -hmm. That's right. Those in authority positions, where in some ways we worship them, even though they've never done one good thing for us. They don't love you. They love their position. Right. That's right. 90% of them, if not more, love their positions. They don't care about you and me. They want to be worshipped. They want to be magnified. They want to be put on pedestals. They want to be cheered on as leaders. But they don't care about us. Yet we worship them and honor them like they're something special. And we dishonor the brother and sister in Christ. Well, you didn't vote for the person that I voted for, so therefore, you are dirt in a worm set at my feet. Oh, my goodness gracious. Somebody hear me today. We do it in the church. Right now, it's happening in the church. We're taking brothers and sisters in Christ, and we are, we are saying, set at my feet because of your political position. Because of who you voted for. When politicians, they never loved us. They loved their power. Just like these religious folks. 
We do the same thing with our jobs where we tell God, sit at our feet. So that I can go and make my living. I'm serving a master who doesn't love me. Oh, he's rich and he drives his Maserati and he's got all kinds of money and he's paying, you know, you know, that's what I'm aspiring to be. Like him. And so I'm worshiping him and I'm inviting him to be a part of my life where I'm telling others that are lower than him, sit at my feet. I'm ignoring the poor. I'm ignoring the orphan. I'm ignoring the widow. But I'm honoring the one who never loved me to begin with and has no intentions of promoting me, has no intentions of putting me at their level, has no intentions of loving me. They don't care. I'm a means to an end. Do you hear what I'm saying this morning? No, we don't have chairs. We wouldn't ask someone who was poor to sit on the floor. In fact, I'd like to believe that we have people here who would get up if every seat was filled. They'd get up and give their own seat away. Amen. But in our lives, as we live them, we're doing this very thing where we're elevating the rich and the powerful and we're putting down the low and the poor. Amen. And listen, the poor had a special place in God's heart. They have a special place in God's heart. Taking care of the poor is what God desires for you and I to do, the widow and the orphan. We, the body of Christ, are supposed to be taking care of them, not rejecting them. I remember at the church that I went to previously to this one, we had a homeless man that, that came. And... Uh, Man, did he smell. I remember this guy. I could still almost smell him. Uh, and he would come in and he would smell of alcohol and cigarettes and everything else that was under the bridge over here at Chatham. But do you know where he sat? We had these big red chairs. You, you remember Miss Kim? These big red chairs, these big super comfy chairs that were in the front of the church. Do you guys remember who were there? He sat in that one big red chair with all of his stuff. And no one ever said anything negative to him. In fact, they loved him and loved on him mm -hmm. and helped him and did everything we could to help him um, to, to reconcile with his son and to get all the help he needed. I remember, but it still was such an object lesson to me because in many churches that would not be allowed for someone like that to sit in the front row and smell up one whole section of the church because mm -hmm. it wasn't a big church, much bigger than this one. I remember, and I've told this story before, but Jim Cimbala said that he was, he was uh, after church one Sunday and he had done preached his second or third service and he was tired. So he sat down on the stage and I'd sit down, but I wouldn't be able to get back up again. So I'm not going to sit down. <laughs> he sat down on the stage and he said he was just tired and he just was, and he said he saw the guy coming right down at him and he said he was dirty and filthy and nasty. He said he instinctively reached into his wallet, pulled out some cash to hand it to the guy. So when the guy, by the time the guy got there, he was already ready to hand him money because where their church is at, every Sunday they've got people and that's what they come in for is money. And he would have to be tired this day. We all, listen, we all have those days where we're tired and we won't want to deal with people. Right. And uh, 
his whole church is built on helping people. So I'm not criticizing him. I'm just saying, trying to use this example. So he handed him the money, and the guy said, I don't want your money. He wouldn't take his money. He wanted to hug him. Jim Samala said, I could smell this man, and he wasn't even next to me yet. And he said, he wanted a hug. He said, I didn't want to hug him. He said, but God spoke to him in that moment and said to him, if you can't stand this smell, I can't use you. Wow. He said at that moment, he hugged this homeless man who smelled so very, very bad. And when he hugged him, he said the aroma changed. So instead of a reeking, terrible, nauseous, make you gag smell, to a sweet perfume. Mm. He said he learned his lesson at that moment. Now, he had already helped thousands of people. But for a moment, he had gotten to the place where he, had, he hadn't gotten dirty enough. Like he had lost some of the dirt on him. Mm. He got shined up and polished too much. That happens to preachers. Mm -hmm. We get a little too polished, a little too clean. We want people wiping our foreheads when we preach. Trust me, I've seen it. I've seen people have them carry in their Bibles for them and set it up. I've seen some crazy things. I've seen pastors who won't come in for praise and worship. They only come in to preach and then they leave. They're too polished. They're too clean. They're not dirty. They've somehow risen above. But the problem is they forgot that they're supposed to be dirty. Mm -hmm. They're supposed to get dirty. They're supposed to be touching the leper, touching the blind, touching the sick, mm -hmm. ministering to the poor. The Bible goes on to say in James that we do well to love our neighbor as we love ourselves, to love our neighbor. And then says there later in chapter 2, but if you fall in one command, then you've disobeyed all of them. You're guilty of the whole law. What he uses is adultery and murder. He says, if you don't commit adultery, but you murder somebody, guess what? You've, you've broken the whole law. And the vice versa applies. If you never murdered somebody, but you commit adultery, you've broken the whole law. Because with the law, the law isn't 10 individual commands and a bunch of different supplemental things, all these different commands. The law is to be taken all together. Mm -hmm. And if you break one piece, you've broken it all. It's like a pane of glass. If I take a hammer right now and I smack the screen on that TV, it's going to shatter not just the spot where I touched. It's going to shatter the screen. Mm -hmm. So the impact shatters everything, and that's how the law is. Just like that. You break one point, you shatter, you broke it all. So if you and I do everything we're supposed to do, if you and I, if we look good and we, uh, you know, we raise money for, for uh, 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 the, the poor and we, you know, give the food banks and we do everything that looks right, but then someone comes into our, our direct vicinity who needs God and we decide that somehow for whatever reason we're not taking the time to minister to them, we are guilty of breaking the whole law. We must be able to look into the law of liberty and show grace and mercy.
For if we show grace and mercy, we will be shown grace and mercy. Amen. So let us think about that as we go and we live our lives each day. As we see the hungry and the hurting. As we see the homeless. As we see those, they don't have to be homeless. We just see those who are either poor or we see those who the world has rejected. Let us not reject them, but let us tell them of the good news of Jesus Christ. Amen. Let us not regulate those who the world looks down upon to set at our feet. But let's love them and take care of them and encourage them yes. and see what God can do. Amen. Let us stand. Thank you for listening to this message. We hope that you enjoyed it and were blessed by it. Each month we have people from all over the world who listen to the messages made available. If you've been blessed by this ministry, would you consider making a donation of any amount to help support us as we continue to reach the loss for Christ? Donations can be made online at www.reviveoc.org or by check at Revive Outreach Church, 411 Chatham Heights Road, Suite 101, Fredericksburg, Virginia, 22405. Thank you for your prayers and your continued support. May God richly bless you.